0: I am Michael. I'm a podcaster. I'm an entrepreneur, investor, improv artist, and I took my first stand-up class yesterday. Kind of proud of myself for that. And uh, I'm a TV host and I'm your host for what we call the Second Scene Podcast. It is a Dweebs Global production. That is why we do the podcast. It is for dweebsglobal.org. They offer free mentorship help, anything from uh, mental health to resume writing and and anything in between. They're there to help. It's completely confidential and it's completely free. So, dweebsglobal.org. So, I'm here today with Cassidy Gibson. Cassidy started her career in corporate accounting. She was a derivative accountant and did 10K reporting for one of the largest energy companies in the U.S. She now has a commercial photography business with two locations and is in the process of licensing it out across the country. So, welcome, Cassidy.
1: Hey, thank you so much for having me. And that's so exciting you did your improv your first improv class. It
0: was my first stand-up. I've been doing improv for that. years. Stand-up. It. it was just me and a microphone. That's like so much scarier than improv. You have like partners. Stand oh, that's up. True.
1: <laughs> it's just you.
0: <laughs> so I'm going to start with the most boring question that I could think of. And what is a derivative accountant?
1: So a derivative accountant is someone who does accounting for swaps and options that a company may enter into so at the power company where I worked we bought power and we also bought and sold natural gas and so when before the, or whenever they would enter into those tra- those contracts they would go out and buy swaps and options usually like several years ahead of time to hedge their bets on you know how much money they were going to be or how much exposure they would have in the market at a particular time.
0: Okay, so (laughs) it's kind
1: of hard to explain. So we would make sure that they were staying within certain um, So pretty much you're just you don't want to overexpose the company. So you do a lot of accounting um, to make sure it's allocated correctly to all the sub companies within the company. And then it was also to make sure that they weren't going to be overexposed.
0: Got you. So it's almost like me diversifying my portfolio, except you're diversifying the company's arms.
1: Exactly. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So, yeah. So their their swaps and options, or I'm sorry, their um, gas and power that they were buying to, they bought the gas to run the units and then Mm -hmm. they would buy and sell power if they could, they would buy it if they could get it cheaper than they could actually make it. And so um, it's kind of an interesting part of power companies that a lot of people don't know about
0: that is interesting so they could actually buy it from another company for cheaper than they could make it for themselves Mm -hmm. what would would motivate another company to sell it to them and not just straight to the consumer
1: because they're going to make more money off of it doing that way or they have excess power okay so because every day you have to like they strategically look at how many megawatts are going to be produced in a day. So depending on the temperatures and a lot of different load factors that are, are going on at the time, um, they're always off by a little bit. So like one megawatt of power generates around 1700 homes. And oh, wow. so that's a lot of, like every megawatt you're off costs the company millions of dollars potentially. So it, um, this is a way for them to recoup those losses and make money sometimes too.
0: Oh wow! I never thought that. I guess I never really realized that the power companies needed to know how much power was going to be needed. They, they can't just on the spot mm-hmm. quickly change it. Yeah, I guess
1: cause, right because they have to give the each they have to give each um, location time to ramp up their units. Sometimes they'll have three or four units, and depending on if it's a coal-fired generator or a gas-fired or nuclear plant they're going to need more lead time.
0: Gotcha. Which one takes the most lead time?
1: Um, I know oil is the, I can't <laughs> even, I really, honestly, I don't even know. I know oil takes a while or is the most expensive, probably <laughs> nuclear, I would guess, because there's so many um, regulatory pieces that go along with that.
0: Right. God, that's a question I never thought I'd be as- asking, but <laughs> <laughs> it's actually that question, the whole the, the derivative accountant uh, sidetrack I went on was actually much more interesting than I thought it was going to be. That was...
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it was a pretty interesting job. I enjoyed it.
0: Oh, nice. Not enough to stick with it because then you went that and changed careers.
1: <laughs> that is true. So Yeah. What was... oh, go ahead.
0: I was just going to ask what what was the reason you started changing careers?
1: So I did love my job and I loved what I did and loved the people I worked with, but I just knew that there was something more out there that I was supposed to be doing. And at the same time, I had just had my youngest or my oldest daughter of two, two girls, and I wanted to spend more time with them. I wanted more flexibility. And so those two things kind of colliding all at the same time, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And so over a course of, I guess it was about a year, a year and a half. I, you know, really just researched it and thought about it. And I was, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I just knew I wanted to do something. So I slowly, um, started, I always loved photography. So I kind of started down that path and eventually was able to leave.
0: Okay. So you'd always love photography. Was it a hobby you were really pursuing beforehand or did you? No, not at all. I,
1: yeah, I just loved it. And, um, I guess whenever I was little, our house burned. And so we lost a lot of memories and stuff. So mm-hmm. I was just kind of, I don't know. I always wanted pictures. And so I was just wanted to document everything. So I, I definitely was not good at all whenever I first began. <laughs> or, but I always like growing up and through college and, at, you know, whenever I was in um, younger, I would take a lot of pictures at, you know, whatever I was doing. A trip.
0: That's just amazing that you went from something that was barely even a hobby of yours to creating a successful business out of it. Like most people, if they leave one business, they're like, I'm gonna go do something that I've been doing on the side and I know I'm really good at that was (laughs) what you did. You were you really No, I just
1: I did. I just had a passion for it and uh it was a calculated risk. So I kind of slowly ramped up and um and it worked out where my oldest, when she was getting out of preschool was whenever I had built up enough business. So the being able to not have preschool payments every month and um, was okay, like it helped with the pay cut that I got whenever I left, um, so.
0: <laughs> okay, so what was the first thing you did when you started this photography company? What were you, were you did you have uh, a certain client tell you were going after, or what was your, I guess, what was your first company goals?
1: So whenever I first started, I started doing family photography, like a lot of photographers do, just because, you know, you have friends that are like, oh, hey, can you take um, pictures of this and that? And so it was just kind of easy. And that's where I started. And I honestly, like the first, this was whenever I was still at Southern, I um, would do many sessions around holidays and things like that. So it would be. I could concentrate it on the weekends, which was a great way to earn money, and I was able to purchase all the equipment I wanted and things like that through um, that that type of process. But then I quickly learned that family photography was not for me. It was, you know, either mom was mad, or dad was mad, or the kids were mad. <laughs> so I was like, there has to be a better like way to do this. And the other piece was. I was working nights and weekends and the whole point of this was to spend more time with my family and, um, or to have a flexible lifestyle.
0: Right. Right.
1: So my husband at the time, he owned a digital marketing agency. He, um, had about 1200 clients at the time and they were always needing pictures, you know, like this barbecue company wanted pictures of their barbecue sauce and, you know, somebody else needed pictures of, you know, their location. So around the same time, this was 2015 or 2014, somewhere around there, Google had this great program. It was called Google Business View. Now it's called Google Street View, but it was where, I don't know if you've ever seen the 360 tours or virtual tours on Google Maps.
0: Oh yeah, I have them. I have them in both of my stores. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so a lot of his clients were asking for those. So I was like, well, how hard can it be? I'll go get certified. And, mm-hmm. um, it took me about six months. And at the time you had to go through this like rigorous process with Google to even get through the, the training. And so I started doing Google tours and got more involved with, um, with business photography. And so over time, I just started working with more and more businesses and fell in love with it. So okay. especially, um, cause it was, I could use my corporate background to help as well.
0: Right. Yeah. So does Google not do these 360 tours anymore of inside of stores, inside of businesses? They do,
1: yeah, they do, but it's really cost prohibitive for businesses. And so it's, um, unless you have like a, like say if you have a restaurant at a beach, like that would be a great Mm -hmm. reason to do it. But at the time, and they also now they have, um, oh goodness, what are they called? Like the little 360 cameras. Mm-hmm. that you can use and at the time you had to use like the dslr with the fisheye lens right. and like the big it was you know ten thousand for the setup right just for I the camera equipment
0: i can't say that i've ever used the 360 view to to see anyone else's business <laughs> except for my own i think google yeah. was really trying to push it but i don't think it went to where you they know were it,
1: it the the ones where there was a an irish pub that i did down in Destin, florida and mm-hmm. that particular one just hit 50 million views, which Holy is cow. crazy. So I still get updates on all of them.
0: <laughs> okay. So I'm an anomaly then that I don't, I don't go yeah. in and explore the inside of a, a store. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a but restaurant. I guess it's
1: nice. Like if you're somewhere that you're not used to going, you can look and say, oh, this place looks really cool. And that place is amazing. They have money all over the walls and it's, okay. it's really fun. So,
0: Oh, very cool. Very cool. I could see it being awesome for museums. Uh, oh, yeah, like that.
1: Another one that I did that was really interesting was for uh, a gardens a botanical gardens. And so they used it for ADA compliance. So there are certain parts where you can't get a wheelchair or things like that. So they'll, they would do the tour so that everybody could see. And we did them where it was in prime blooming season for each of the little sections of the garden. So it was really oh, wow.
0: beautiful. Wow, that's, that's awesome. That's very cool. And, and using the technology for for something else that I wouldn't have even thought of. So yeah, <laughs> um, I want to jump back to your family photography, because I couldn't okay. imagine what you had to deal with. Like, how many how many Karens did you meet? <laughs> oh, my gosh.
1: Thank goodness. Well, I don't know. It might would have been great for social media back then if we called them parents, because I had all kinds of stories. It was usually the kids were great. It was either dad was just so mad because he wanted to be watching football or not be there at all. He had to get dressed up, did not like it. Really. And then you had some dads that loved it, but then the moms were just furious because the kids weren't cooperating. But, you know, so many people think that they have to have those smiled, posed pictures, but saying smile to a kid is like the worst thing you can do when you're taking pictures. It's usually better just to make silly faces and be goofy and you can can get them to (laughs) smile that way
0: got a more of a candid shot is what you really have to do I guess
1: exactly yeah is there and any, it was.
0: I'm sorry go oh ahead. go ahead no no, no. Oh,
1: I was just gonna say like uh, the struggle with family photography that I found was you know no shows or people decide oh well I don't have our outfits ready and they have to you know reschedule last minute they don't really value your time because I guess there's and it's not always like that but there are a lot of people that that kind of take advantage of you so I didn't wow, like that, that part
0: of it. No, that's very frustrating because mm-hmm. you really have to go through a lot. I'm sure to get it all set up and ready for them and mm-hmm. preparation. Um, I, I was just thinking in my head, is there a word for men who are Karens? And I don't know. Really, you should to, make one up. I know there needs to be. <laughs> it
1: really does.
0: <laughs> what was, uh, <laughs> did you have kids that were like peeing on the set? And
1: <laughs> No, usually the kids were great which I love, like kids are so fun to me. So I um, kind of go with the flow. I, I'm I, like, I, I one shoot. I actually even like picked up a lizard and chased the kids with it to get them to have fun with it. Cause usually <laughs> like if they're ever upset, it's usually because mom or dad's mad at them.
0: Gotcha. <laughs> or
1: that's what I found.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you, uh, were you, predicting which couples were getting divorced shortly after the photography session. And <laughs> <laughs> it no,
1: but it's interesting to look back on it.
0: Yeah. Now, so, yeah. Was it, is it, it, can you see like tall tale signs? You'd be good. You'd be like somebody, like a good psychiatrist would want to pick your brain. And...
1: <laughs> I think that'd be a good person to partner
0: with. Uh, <laughs> um, right. Yeah. <laughs> Right, so after, so you got sick of that. So then you went into corporate photography, which was it was great that your husband was already in the business, and I guess mm-hmm. that really helped you get a, a foot in the door. Um, I know it's it's competing with online stock photography.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's always that's always got to be tough. Um, I guess you're new to it, so it's always been there since you fit in business.
1: Right, it has. Um, actually, my tagline for my business is don't let stock photos tell your story. So, um, because that's nice. one of the big things that we kept it's definitely okay to use it. Like there's nothing wrong with using stock photography, but if you really want to stand out today, it's so important to not just show yourself, like you don't, there are certain businesses where it doesn't make sense for there to be a personal brand, but there are a lot of them that do. And so what we do is really work with a company to make sure that they understand who their audience is and what their audience wants to learn from them to develop what types of photos we take and, and all that kind of stuff. So we work with, if they have a branding agency, we work with them, but really just dig in to understand what even makes sense to help portray visually what they want their customers to say.
0: Right, right. And It's amazing how many places will use stock photography and their actual product or what they're trying to sell has nothing to do with the photography at all. It doesn't.
1: Exactly. Yeah. A great example of that is a financial company or a lawyer. You go, I mean, if you look up just about any lawyer or financial company, they're going to have a picture of the city they're in. They're going to have, you know, like it's just basic. I mean, the lawyer's going to have the gavel, the, financials guys gonna have like the little stock or whatever like a chart and um but you know if you think about it, a financial planner's perspective if you're going to a financial planner because you want to invest your money well and and do really well with it you don't want to be in the same town that you're in you probably want to be like in the mountains or on the beach or like in this great little lake house you know like present a picture of like Happiness than like where somebody wants to be or they're where they aspire to be and not just in their same house <laughs> doing what they've always done.
0: Yeah, no, that's a very good point. That's a very good point. Uh, for my stores, I have to update them now. Oh no. Uh, we take photos <laughs> of all of our employees and I love that. And I love when I go to other sites and you can see uh-huh. other businesses and you can see the employees are having fun or, you know, just who they are and a little bio about them. I don't think enough businesses do that. It really adds such a great personal touch.
1: It really does because and it, it humanizes your brand. So people before they even come in or before they have an interaction with you, if you're online, they know that you're a real person and that, you know, I think so many, there's such a disconnect right now because things are online so much more, but if you don't add that human element to it, I love, I love employee bio and it's great to use on social too, because you can do employee highlights, which it helps your customers feel connected, but it also makes your employees feel valued.
0: Well, I am putting a note now to update mine because I think it's been about two years and we have had because of COVID, especially we've had a bit of a shift in the employee's but um, mm-hmm. people come in all the time. They're like, we came in because we just, your faces look so happy and friendly. And
1: Oh, that's nice.
0: Yeah. So it your really...
1: photographer did good.
0: Yeah. yeah, she did. She did. I don't think she's in the area anymore, though. So I will have to find a new one. I think you're too <laughs> far away. Where are you located?
1: So I live in Fairhope, Alabama now. I was in um, Birmingham. And then we moved in the middle of the pandemic. So,
0: okay. okay.
1: Yeah, well, oh, we have a photographer in Birmingham, Now that um, took over the Birmingham location, and then I serve the South, like Gulf Coast Coast area.
0: Okay, so that's how you have two locations. So you started one location, and then you moved and opened the second location. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Were you were you easily able to have somebody else take it over and still keep the quality?
1: Yes, because I was very picky on that to begin with. Um, He had not had a photography company before, but he was an excellent photographer, and he kind of. It's kind of funny. He has a similar background to me because he was in corporate finance as well, and decided he wanted a complete career change and um, decided to come do this.
0: Okay. Um, and you're planning on opening? Well, actually, I want to go back. I was just in Alabama for the first time in my life. I was on the border of Florida and Alabama. I don't know how far that is. Okay. Far.
1: But there was. It's like about a... thirty minutes. Were you in Pensacola or?
0: Yes, like and I went eight? to that. I went to that bar. It's a famous bar lord florida mama
1: mama. yeah you're like 30 you are 30 minutes from me
0: okay (laughs) people that don't know you got to go to pensacola and and see this it it is this massive huge bar club i don't know what they call it but they have like three stages of live music they have Uh outdoor space i mean and you could tell it's just been added on top like they just keep adding to it over the years like that it is is a (laughs) mishmash
1: it's an interesting place it's so much fun though Definitely do not plan on taking your kids to the bar side. If you go across the street to the Floribama Yacht Club, then that's a great place to take kids and like you can drive your boat up and they have the best crab hush puppies there I've ever had.
0: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I only saw it at night, so I didn't even get the experience the day, the daytime. Part.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. But did you get cool... the bushwhacker? I did not. No, I wasn't with so. locals. So I didn't, I didn't get like the local treatment. We were all okay. out of towners.
1: <laughs> well, next but time was, you'll have to get it.
0: Yeah, it was incredible live music, though. I'm not even like a country fan, and I was thoroughly enjoying the live music. So uh, it just sounded it sounded great. It was it was wild? Well, good. Yeah. So you are planning on on expanding your two stores?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is this a, is this something you're in the process of doing right now?
1: Yeah. So we're I'm actually in the in November. I'm launching a course to teach people who are wanting to get into brand photography, how to set up their business foundation, how to find those ideal clients, what all they need to do, like what systems they need in place and how to actually be profitable as a photographer. And so that's where we're starting first. And then we want to expand to other markets as well as we find great photographers who would be a good fit. Um, Because we really love helping small businesses, which we've worked with you know, large scale businesses, smaller, but we found that um, there's such a need in the small business community. And we found so many people that are taken advantage of. And, you know, I just, I wanna grow it, and, but I wanna grow it slow in a way where it, we cultivate the right experience for the photographers and um, we'll be able to keep what we've done so far in other communities.
0: Got you. Yeah, as a small business owner, I know it's it's hard and it's intimidating to go out and try to find a photographer mm-hmm. for your business, or even understand why you need one. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you you don't a lot of small businesses don't think that's an option for them.
1: Yeah, and it that's one thing that we've done is we've positioned our packages in a way that makes sense for for small businesses. So, you know, some people really just need photos for maybe like. Maybe to refresh their website, but then some people need that constant, ongoing social media content, and so we work with them to figure out which one fits them best. But you know, at this point, we've worked with over five hundred businesses. Like we know what works and what, what doesn't. And one of the biggest things that we've seen, which just isn't the case for everybody, but um, but a lot of people will go in and they'll do a one day photo shoot. You know, they'll spend thousands of dollars and have all these beautiful pictures. But then in three months, six months, they're like, we are so tired of these. They don't really work. Or the, the worst part is that they saw that their customers didn't really acclimate to them. And so with my, it's kind of funny how in line um, the photography business is with my old job, which is feels so so weird, but it, there's a lot of math and analytics involved in it, the way we do it. And so we really look at, we look at the photos that are used on whatever platform and we see if it's converting sales. Is it getting people from your social media pages to your website? Is, um, are people leaving your homepage when you change those pictures, change it to the new pictures. So we look to see what they actually react to and what they like. And so we do on a, we do photos on a recurring basis where, um, we do shorter shoots on monthly, by bi- monthly or quarterly basis. And then it, we go in and we're constantly analyzing like how people are interacting with those photos. And then we learn over time how to make the photo shoot smarter and more in line with what your audience likes.
0: That's great. And you do this all for small businesses. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. amazing. That's amazing. I don't think I've ever heard of any photographers in the area here. I'm in the D.C. metro area. There's got to be. But it's not something I've seen advertised or... Mm -hmm. even really talked about you know I do a lot of uh, analytics my website but yeah I've I've never directly tied it to the pictures which just seemed logical (laughs) but yeah
1: I mean (laughs) because the pictures draw you in like the words have to work like your copy's got to be good there's no doubt about that but your pictures are what's going to draw someone in and make them feel connected to you before they even read anything and so if there's that disconnect it's going to make they're not going to quite be able to place it, but it's going to, they're going to be like, something's just not quite right. I don't feel aligned. And it also, in a, in a good way, repels the people that aren't your right audience. So you're going to get your more ideal clients in faster and get them converted into working with you quicker with great pictures.
0: Got you. Yeah. I, whenever I see uh, companies using clip art, I'm always like, you no, know, like, it's so hard to convey emotion or to grab attention mm-hmm. and emotion to get somebody to feel at a clip art. I'm, I'm it always- is frustrates me i'm like no that's like the worst thing you can do it's just a cold surface mm-hmm. you're looking at yeah so, i wish you were in the dc metro area because i'd probably hire you right now you, you got me very excited <laughs> about what you do
1: <laughs> so stewart but um he has the birmingham location he was in dc a few weeks ago for a reed award so he won a reed award for a campaign that he worked on oh. he did it was a social media piece that of he did all these videos and photos it was beautiful
0: Oh, wow. What is a Reed Award? What is that?
1: A Reed Award uh, is like the, it's one of the top award programs for political campaigns. So it was very interesting in a year like 2020 that he won. It was for a mayoral campaign.
0: Okay. Um,
1: and it was one that, who won? Um, I want to say, I don't, I'm not going to say because I can't remember, but whoever won it last year, it was for best social media campaign for independence.
0: Okay, and the person won that, that he was doing it for? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it have, he was that, nominated
1: that? Okay. Yeah, he was nominated for four different categories, but that was the one he ended up winning. So it was a
0: okay. huge did honor. The, did the political uh, person he was doing it for, did they win? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. that's what I was asking. Yeah, by
1: <laughs> a landslide, actually, by like
0: 75%. Against <laughs> an
1: incumbent, which was amazing.
0: Wow, that's a good one to have on the resume. <laughs> it
1: is, yes. He's, he is, he political campaigns are his thing. He is so good at them. Yeah. He just gets Uh, it. So.
0: Well, this has been very interesting. Where can people find you?
1: So they can find us at Focus Creative Co. on our website, um, Instagram and Facebook. And then if anybody is interested in getting into brand photography and want to learn more about the course, you can learn about that at the brand photographers, blueprint.com.
0: Okay. Great. Well, we will put links below the videos and below the podcast so that people can find it okay. easily. And thank you so much for being here, Cassidy.
1: Thank you so much. This was fun.
0: This was very fun. So everyone out there, this has been a Dweebs Global production, dweebsglobal.org. Go for free mentorship help. Anything from resume writing to free mental health, completely confidential. And I keep saying free because it's free. Can you believe that? It's free. dweebsglobal.org. And we'll see you next week. And thanks again, Cassidy.
1: Thank you. Awesome.